and welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for joining us. It's December, which means one thing in Lansing. The legislature's lame duck session is soon going to be in full swing. It is the first lame duck session in Lansing since Democratic uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer was elected. And that means it'll be the first time in almost a decade that Republicans won't be able to just run roughshod over the entire process. We probably won't see hundreds of controversial bills flying through the legislature in the dead of the night with little accountability. Things maybe will be just a bit quieter. Or maybe not. Yesterday, Republicans held an hours-long Senate Oversight Committee hearing that featured lots of already debunked conspiracy theories about voter fraud that uh, a lot of Republicans say took place in the 2020 election. And there are reports that Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani will make his own appearance at another hearing in Lansing today. Here to talk about what's going on in Lansing is MLive political reporter Lauren Gibbons. Lauren, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks so much for having me. So uh, walk us through what the Senate Oversight Committee is doing with these hearings about the election. Uh, Why are they being held? You know, so initially the goal, as stated by the by the two chairs in the House and Senate, um, it was to, you know, look back at the 2020 election and um, perhaps suggest some changes or reforms to make for future election cycles. But yesterday it was very much focused on um, what happened in 2020 and pretty much we only heard for um, seven hours, uh, one side of that story, a lot of Republicans who were uh, dissatisfied with um, how the election at TCF Center was handled uh, came forward and expressed grievances. And as you said, uh, many of the claims that were brought forward at this committee hearing um, have already been debunked by the courts or by by elections officials at this point. And give us a sense of what this hearing was like. I was watching on social media yesterday as it was unfolding. I was engaged with other work and unable to to see it live. But uh, give us give us a sense of what this was like, what the demeanor was of the legislators who make up that committee, what kind of questions they had uh, for these people who were who were presenting testimony. You know, um, there weren't, uh, it was it was three minutes per person for the most part, although some, uh, you know, got asked more questions than others. But pretty much over and over again, we, you know, saw someone who said they were either a poll watcher, a poll challenger, or someone who was concerned about what happened there. Um, occasionally, we heard some questions uh, from lawmakers, but uh, frankly, most of them, you know, spoke their piece and then were thanked for their time. So there, there wasn't um, necessarily a ton of um, challenging uh, to these claims. Um, most of them, you know, made the claims and then they were asked to submit their written testimony as well. So with a few exceptions throughout the day, it was primarily, you know, just hearing the claims that these folks were making and then moving on to the next person. And let's be clear, people have a right to say what they want to say about the election process. People have a right to report what they 
have seen uh, as they were part of the election process. A lot of the folks who testified yesterday were people who were poll challengers, who were in on uh, the counting that took place here in the city of Detroit. Um, give us a sense, though, of how anyone was able to support the claims that they made. Did anyone have actual evidence that the things that they were saying actually took place or had an effect on the outcome of uh, the vote counting? Uh, did anybody uh, present something that the legislature could perhaps follow up on? You know, um, some of them, most of them offered affidavits. Uh, Many of those have already been submitted in these lawsuits that are going on. None of those so far have been successful. Um, A couple of them, I think, you know, had some sort of photos or um, it it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a lot to answer your question. For the most part, it was people coming forward, saying what they had to say, providing some form of affidavit to their testimony and most of them, you know, appeared willing to, um, you know, follow up with lawmakers. Although it is uh, interesting to note, um, many of them, when asked if they had submitted those claims to the attorney general's office or some form of law enforcement, some of them had, but a lot of them also hadn't. So they were submitting these claims either to, you know, um, it, it, some of them had been issued in the courts, but others had, um, you know not not even been vetted uh, by law enforcement mm. at this point. And, and what is the power that the Senate Oversight Committee has to act on any of these allegations? If, for instance, somebody uh, presents a, a, a claim and, and evidence uh, the, to support that claim, is this a, a committee that could act on it in a way that could make a difference in what the vote outcome was here in Michigan? I think that's a really important question, and the answer is if there is a legitimate uh, fraud claims, uh, law enforcement would be the one to handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, the oversight committee is essentially they can they can investigate what happened, they can make recommendations for future elections. Obviously, they're lawmakers, so they can pass laws that impact uh, future elections. But um, at, at this point, you know the election results are certified. Uh, Michigan statute has a very clear process in place for um, how the electoral college proceeds from here. Uh, so there's they're pretty limited in what they can do for this particular cycle. But one of the things they can do is you know take all this testimony. Um, but one of the one of the lawmakers during the hearing uh, yesterday said, you know, we're policymakers, we're not judges. Mm-hmm. Um, so so a lot of these voter fraud claims they did suggest. You know, send them to the attorney general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it also seemed yesterday like the chair of this committee, uh, Republican Ed McBroom, uh, who's from the UP, dismissed a lot of the claims that were brought by the people testifying. Does that maybe indicate that GOP senators on the committee are also somewhat skeptical of this? And I guess then the question becomes, why hold the hearings at all? Yeah, I think um, I think um, both chairs of the committee have said, um, you know, if if there are legitimate claims that needs to come forward with evidence, otherwise, um, you know, accept the results and move on. But I think both of them are in a position where they're getting a lot of pressure from folks who are concerned, and they are, you know, th- at this point, um, they they do appear to be having. Um, 
they they appear to be willing to give uh, those folks a space to air those concerns at this point. Um, whether that continues over the next several weeks or whether after we hear from Rudy Giuliani today, um, the, those kind of die out, we'll see. But um, I, th I think at this point they are, you know, giving a space uh, for these concerns to be aired at the, still. Uh, I'm talking with Lauren Gibbons, who is a reporter who covers Michigan politics and policy for MLive. We're talking about the hearing that took place in Lansing yesterday in the Senate Oversight Committee, uh, where senators heard testimony from people who say they witnessed or experienced voter fraud while uh, the votes were being counted here in the city of Detroit uh, in 2020 in the 2020 election just a few weeks ago. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Uh, what do you make of these hearings that Republican lawmakers are holding in Lansing, entertaining, in some cases, conspiracy theories that have been already debunked by the courts or by election officials about voter fraud in the election? What do you think of the Republican-led legislature's response to other things? Uh, we haven't had a hearing like this about COVID-19 in the Senate or in the House so far. Uh, we are at the beginning of the lame duck, lame duck session uh, th that will unfold over the next month before the session begins again in January. Uh, the governor has asked the legislature to do a lot of uh, thinking and talking about COVID-19 and the response uh, to the pandemic. Uh, we haven't heard a whole lot about them yet, uh, those things. Uh, what do you think about that? What do you think the legislature should be doing in its lame duck session? As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag uh, Detroit Today. Also, uh, give us a call and let us know what you think of the idea of Rudy Giuliani, who is President Trump's lawyer, uh, maybe making an appearance in Lansing today to talk about his allegations of, of fraud in the 2020 election. Is all of this productive? Is all of this necessary? Or is this kind of just a political show uh, in your estimation? Um, Lauren, I want to talk a little about uh, the COVID-19 overlap here with this hearing. Uh, before the hearing yesterday, there was a lot of controversy surrounding how safe it would be in terms of COVID concerns. Uh, what were those concerns and how did that play out during the hearings yesterday? Yeah, so uh, ahead of the hearing um, in response to um, a previous uh, similar election hearing where folks came in and um, listened in person. Uh, the last hearing that the Senate and House Oversight Committee had regarding the elections, it was virtual testimony. The three clerks who came forward was virtual. Uh, this particular hearing, uh, everyone testified in person, and there was a lot of concerns about how that would impact uh, safety in the building. Uh, Ingham County Health Officer Linda Vale issued a letter to the Senate warning them to, you know, keep adhere to mask wearing and social distancing guidelines. Um, in watching the in watching the hearing yesterday, there there were many people in the room at one time. I know that the Senate is um, enforcing some capacity limits um, in terms of how many people can be in the room at once. But uh, there were there were folks in there who were not wearing masks, and there were, uh, of course, 
this was a seven hour hearing. So if someone was sitting in the room for seven hours, they could be, um, you know, at additional risk. Yeah. Uh, what is your sense, uh, someone who covers uh, the legislature and Michigan politics, of the prospect of the Senate or the House turning its attention to some of the things that the governor has asked them to focus on during lame duck uh, that would that would help deal with the, the COVID pandemic. As I said earlier, there there hasn't been a whole lot of activity in that in that vein. They they seemed eager though to to have this election hearing. Uh, will they turn their attention to this kind of thing soon? You know, I have heard from many lawmakers that the main focus of uh, of the lame duck session is going to be COVID-19 at this point. Um, it sounds as though that's still in the planning stages. We haven't seen too many um, major bill packages move through yet this uh, this winter or fall. But um, I, I would imagine that that is uh, continuing to be on the minds of lawmakers Um in this this lame duck session, and I've heard that it's going to be a you know somewhat quieter lame duck session than usual. But you know, after this week, I'm not 100 percent sure. Mm. But um, but I do think that uh, at least from what I'm hearing at this point, uh, COVID is uh, COVID is one of the top concerns uh, going into lame duck. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with Lauren Gibbons of M Live, and we will get to some of your calls. Uh, Brendan in Birmingham, Marcina in Detroit. We'll hear from you next. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter and put comments there. We'll try to make them part of the conversation as well. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. News, music, culture, and community every day on 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, Thanks very much for tuning in. My guest is Lauren Gibbons. She's a reporter who covers Michigan politics and policy for M Live. We're talking about yesterday's Senate Oversight Committee hearing on the 2020 uh, presidential election. Lots of people going to Lansing yesterday to talk about what they considered to be fraud that they witnessed or experienced during the vote counting here in the city of Detroit. Of course, those claims have all been debunked either by the courts because they were part of uh, legal claims against the uh, election that have been dismissed by judges or they have been debunked by election officials who have uh, offered context and really important information uh, about these claims to show that uh, what these people say has happened and the effect they say it has had on the vote count is actually not true. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there, and we'll try to make them part of the conversation uh, as well. Uh, Let's start with Brendan in Birmingham. Brendan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephen. Good morning. Hi. Um, Thanks, as always, for covering these 
issues and, and events. I didn't know about the hearings yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and it's just so important to, for us all to know, I think, what's going on in the in the state. So I really appreciate uh, how you thoughtfully select your your topics. Sure. Um, in response to your kind of questions to the to the callers, I, I think one thing that I've been reading about, and I think it's important to see it's, as driving these types of efforts, is fundraising. Um, I know that um, President Trump raised like over $150 million after the election, mm-hmm. which is just a bizarre thing to think about, um, that he's motivating people to make small dollar contributions just based on these conspiracy theories. So I think that's a mind-blowing um, thing that's happening. And I'm sure that, you know, Michigan's like a microcosm of of that. And I'm, I'm sure that that's what these lawmakers are doing, too. And it gets them it gets them um, uh, response and and uh, and uh, feedback from their supporters and money. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really driving this. Um, I also think it's just a, a doubling down of the type of kind of resentment building that the Republicans try to do. So this is and this is a major major doubling down of that to really challenge the actual democratic process in the country. So I think those are what's underlying it, which is very disturbing. And then in terms of what I would like to see uh, the legislature doing, mm-hmm. I guess where I come from is um, what I'd really like to see is the Democratic Party more focusing on a response to this kind of propaganda. Um, and I've been frustrated uh, on the national level uh, with the treatment of, of what Trump is doing. And it seems to be the Biden responses just don't do anything. And it's going to fail because it's frivolous, uh, which is true. And those actions do fail in court. But I do think there is almost like a counter propaganda initiative that needs to happen with the Democrats, because you can't just sit there and, and let the mm-hmm. Republicans um, do what they're doing without without a thoughtful, really intelligent counter-programming. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, I really appreciate the call and and the comments on, on all of the fronts that you talked about there. Uh, thank you very much uh, for that information. Um, Lauren Gibbons, the, the, this question of uh, the, the, the sort of push and pull between Democrats and Republicans in Lansing over the agenda during lame duck. As I said in the open, this is going to be the first time that we've seen a lame duck session with uh, Governor Whitmer as a Democrat in in, in her chair and uh, two houses of the legislature controlled by uh, the opposite party, by, by Republicans. Uh, what is the, I guess, what is the agenda that will drive that session and, and which party uh, is in control of it? I, I think that's a pretty good question. Yeah, I think that that is a great question. Um, It is going to be interesting to see exactly how it plays out, but I think that there is some acknowledgement among Republicans that, um, you know, without having a Republican governor, um, some of the less bipartisan measures aren't going to get as much sway. So I think the the measures that will be successful if there's a bipartisan COVID-19 response, um, the administration would uh, would likely be open to that. If there's uh, criminal justice reform, that's been another issue uh, that a, a few more measures are coming forward. Um, obviously, we've already seen uh, expungement and other uh, criminal justice efforts come through. 
Um, and it looks as though there's going to be more, um, more progress on that front before the end of December here. Um, but I would say um, in terms of, you know, some of the more partisan actions uh, from the Republican-led legislature, uh, you're going to see those actions in the oversight hearings where there's not necessarily bills moving, but uh, the way the, the, the folks who are coming forward for testimony, um, you know, on the elections and, uh, you know, uh, there's a hearing this morning about the UIA, um, the unemployment agency. So that's where we're going to see a little bit more of the partisan um, comments, I think, is coming out of these oversight hearings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, Brendan, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Marcina in Detroit. Marcina, welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah. Uh, you know what? In regards to the meeting uh, yesterday in Lansing with Jigali and um, President I just feel that we should move on. I'm so sick and tired of hearing the GOP complaining, whining with Trump that uh, Joe Biden stole the election. The people's folk in America, Joe Biden is the winner, and let's move forward. It seems to be very profitable for Trump and his buddies. They are uh, doing fundraisers, fundraisers, millions and millions of dollars. Where's this money going? Hmm. Some people should ask for their money back in regards to so-called voters fraud. Donald Trump was complaining prior to the election in November 3rd about a voter suppression and all this other stuff, taking away the uh, voting machines from across the country in the U uh, U.S. post office mm -hmm. to depress the votes, particularly people of color. And we stood out there and we, we fought for our rights to vote. All these years, turning the time back in the 60s, yeah. but we still got out and we voted. And then now Trump crying foul and saying voters fraud, which was not proven in court at all. There was no voters fraud here in, uh, in, in America 2020 election. Let's move forward. He's blocking the transition uh, from power from Trump. To Joe Biden, yeah. we have uh, the COVID-19 that's taken many lives away in this country. We need to focus on that. What should we do next? Uh, people, this escalation of uh, people still getting COVID, over 13 million cases at this point. Trump does not care about that. He's narcissistic. He cares about himself. His mind is delusional. And I'm very surprised of the Republicans uh, legislators that's supporting his so-called, uh, you know, voters uh, fraud. He has no evidence. Let's go on and taking all these, you know, to, up to the Supreme Court. I, I'm really tired yeah. of it. So yeah. that's that's my point. I I, I absolutely uh, I absolutely love that you called and and shared that point of view, Marcina. Uh, before I have Lauren Gibbons respond, I want to play a clip. Uh, of Governor Whitmer, who held a press conference calling on lawmakers to prioritize COVID relief and public health requirements uh, yesterday. Here's a clip from that press conference. It's crucial for us to come together now to pass a targeted state-based economic stimulus plan of up to $100 million that will provide direct financial support to the families and small businesses that have been hit hardest by this pandemic. 
So that was the governor saying what she thinks they need to be focused on yesterday as they were hearing this testimony uh, about about election 2020. Uh, Lauren, again, what are the chances that Republicans will be willing to work with the governor on something like she's talking about there in that clip? Yeah, I think it just kind of depends on the terms uh, that's kind of been the um, uh, the the sticking point at this point, because uh, obviously um, the governor and the health department have really uh, pushed um, trying to get uh, Republicans to sign on to, you know, extending these unemployment extensions or making them permanent. Um, you know, the mask wearing, the social distance. There's there's several factors that I think we haven't necessarily seen um, Republicans and the governor agree on from a public health standpoint. So I'm interested to see where uh, the legislature ultimately ends up going in terms of, you know, bringing forward a plan for COVID-19 response um, now that they have a lot more authority here. Yeah. Uh, and it is, it is, um, you know, I think remains a, a political lightning rod, uh, despite uh, the public health suggestions, um, you know, coming from experts across the state and country. So um, it, it will uh, remain to be seen, you know, whether uh, the administration and the legislature can, you know, come to some sort of bipartisan consensus. Uh, again, Marcina, really appreciate the call and the comments. Let's quickly go to Ed in Detroit. Ed, welcome to the show. Uh, great conversation. Thank you. Um, I, I obviously did not watch as much of the hearing as your guests did, but I don't recall any of these so-called witnesses being put under oath uh, before they made their, their statements. Furthermore, I'm troubled by the fact that the committee apparently was unwilling to permit people from the Detroit clerk's office or from um, uh, Chris Thomas, who the former state elections director, mm-hmm. to um, testify remotely. Um, uh, my, my understanding is that the marker the committee put down is that uh, if you want if you want if you want to testify you got to show up in Lansing, which given the current health situation, many people might be reluctant to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I, I, it weakens the credibility that this hearing uh, carries for me. Yeah, you didn't have the other side. There's no question about that. Ed, I, I appreciate your calling and uh, adding that to the conversation here. Uh, Lauren Gibbons, do they plan to hear from someone like Chris Thomas or uh, Janice Winfrey, who's the clerk here uh, in the city of Detroit, or Daniel Baxter, someone who was uh, uh, the elections director here in the city of Detroit for a long time, came back to work, in fact, to help uh, make this election successful. Are we going to see any of those folks in front of Senate oversight? Sure. Um, There hasn't been any scheduled hearings at this point um, to include some of those voices, although the chairs have expressed interest in hearing uh, from, you know, from some elections officials. They did hear from three county clerks, um, Barb Byram, Lisa Posthumous Lyons, and the um, Cheryl Guy, the Antrim County Clerk as well. Um, So they all testified virtually uh, last week, but um, there has been interest in getting, um, you know, some of the state elections officials uh, to come forward and testify. Uh, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson was one name uh, that was mentioned. Um, 
So, so it, it does remain to be seen, I think, whether they will have, you know, some of the other voices, especially those uh, elections officials that uh, ran the elections um, in Detroit and elsewhere in the state. Um, there was uh, initially when the committee started, they did request um, a, a subpoena from the state elections office, um, and there were many documents that were released to that committee. So it's possible that there could be future um, conversations about what was in those documents if the if the committee does decide to move forward with more hearings. Okay, Lauren Gibbons, uh, reporter who covers Michigan politics and policy for M Live. It was really great to have you here with us for this conversation. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Good conversation. We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have a conversation about what is happening with the COVID-19 pandemic in prisons, a story that has not gotten an awful lot of attention, but has been absolutely rocking the lives of people who are incarcerated and their families. Stay with us for more Detroit Today. Detroit Today. 